One thing I encourage every student to do is get experiences, like go out and do something, go job shadow someone, go get internships, go volunteer, go get unpaid internships, you know, do whatever you have to do to get those experiences because it's going to point you to your true north. It's going to help you figure out where you really want to go. This is Desiree Melfi-Botso, Student Success and Advising Manager at the Burgess Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Michigan State University. And you are listening to the Heads and Tails Podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. Today, I'm excited to have on Desiree Melfi-Botso, who's the Student Success and Advising Manager of the Burgess Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Michigan State University. She's also an instructor at Michigan State University and an entrepreneur herself. I originally came across Desiree just from doing a little Google article search and came across the work that she's doing uh, with the Michigan State football team and holding an entrepreneurship boot camp for the team. And I was like, wow, I, I'm, I thought it was really cool. And I was like, I think more schools should, should, should do that as well. So that's right. Thanks for coming on. And maybe if you could start off by letting me know how your previous experience, uh, work experience kind of influenced your current role and you know how this training camp came about. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So as far as my previous work experience, right, and how I got to kind of where I am, I think each experience has built on the next. And so starting out in marketing, adding in some sales to that, did a pivot to freelance, right? And so um, had my side, hus- my side hustle become my main hustle. After a few years of that, I moved over to higher ed and empowering college students kind of became what my life was about, right? Um, Empowering them to be the best version of themselves. So I think it's all interconnected. My experiences have allowed me to become masterful at developing an entrepreneurial mindset and then ultimately creating a teachable curriculum around that. I think one piece of wisdom that I hold near and dear to my heart from my mom actually is that we can't connect the dots going forward, but we can always connect them going back. And my career has been proof of that. I think there were times when... I didn't quite know where the path was going, but I know I needed to keep on it. And, you know, looking back, it it's all made sense, right? So they've they've all kind of built on the one before it for my experiences and and here I am today. No, that's that's great. And I that idea of the next is something that I think athletes can definitely resonate with, number one, because that's like what being an athlete's all about is you, you have a skill set and you just try to keep building and building and building until you become an elite level athlete like the students that you're working with. So no, that's that's uh, in- incredible. So can you talk a little bit about like what influenced the creation of the course that you created at Michigan State called A Sprint Through the Entrepreneurial Mindset and then how that also kind of influenced the training camp? Absolutely. It's kind of long-winded, but <laughs> it's a, it's a yeah, long We got story. time. That's why I invited you on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a firm believer that timing really is everything. My course was created out of 
what I call the COVID pivot for a few years. I taught a course and it was centered around essentially entrepreneurship 101. It was a 30,000 foot view of what entrepreneurship is for our students. And so it talked about starting a business, social innovation, nonprofits, and then innovating within established organizations because there's a majority of our students who want to go work in established companies. And how do you be an entrepreneur there? And so then COVID happened. And I, I think when, when the world got flipped on its head, I wanted to give our students something more. I needed to. Like it was this inherent need that I just, I couldn't, as an educator, I felt like I couldn't miss this opportunity. And so the summer of 2020, it was insane, but I flipped my course on its head. Um, timing again was perfect at the Burgess Institute that past spring. We had been doing assessment around the entrepreneurial mindset and the skills, and I was drawn to them. I became super passionate about teaching them. There's skills that I think when applied correctly can unlock uh, futures for not just students, but for people, young and old, I think rookies and seasoned leaders. And so the, the course was born. And so every fall, students at Michigan State University can take a sprint through the entrepreneurial mindset. And for the entrepreneurial training camp with MSU Athletics, I think this is a longtime dream that has finally been able to come to fruition. You know, like I said before, timing is everything. And there's other schools over the years that I've seen do some pretty great entrepreneurial endeavors, right? And so I always thought at Michigan State, we can create something like this. And so a few years ago, we did do a small boot camp for a small subset of student athletes. It actually ended up kicking off the same night that I went into labor. Timing on that one was a little off. But this time around, I think with talks of you know NIL, name, image, and likeness, a colleague and a longtime friend reached out and conversations led to some really cool ideas and ideas led to planning. And that planning led to a really great program getting developed. And so I think to sum it up between timing, the need for innovation, you know, groundbreaking legislation, and, and of course, a global pandemic, I think those were all influencers in both the course and the entrepreneurship training camp. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't really, I don't really know too much about the name image likeness thing. Can you just give us a brief kind of overview of what that's about and why it's important to have entrepreneurial kind of skills for these athletes now? Absolutely. So NIL is essentially name, image, and likeness. And this is the idea of college students, um, college athletes getting paid for the use of their name, image, and likeness. And so when we think about this, you know, there's a lot that still has to be decided, but I think, you know, getting in front of it and helping our students become prepared to think about those conversations, right? Think about their brand, think about, you know, well, who they are, what they stand for, what it means to them. I think those are all appropriate things to be thinking about as this this comes down the, the pike. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I feel like student athletes today have to come in as entrepreneurs, like especially if they're going to be getting paid for their name image likeness. These are all skills that are only going to benefit them as they're trying to build their own brand like like you had mentioned. So what are the goals of this entrepreneurial training camp or entrepreneurship training camp? What are the kind of like the foundational elements of it? Sure. So really, it's a three-part answer. The first one is to teach them the skills that make up the entrepreneurial mindset. These are foundational skills that without them, there, there wouldn't be a mindset. I equate them to kind of the seeds of the soil in the soil, right? That cultivate the work. And so it starts here. It starts with the mindset. At the end of the day, our students are going to go out in the world. And whether they succeed or not is essentially up to the, the skill set. And so it starts there. The second thing we 
we put in is one of my colleagues, I love the way he puts it, it's to teach them enough business acumen to make them dangerous. And so infusing business acumen into what we're doing, helping them map out ideas, helping them put those skills to work, helping them think through you know, their value propositions and their customer segments and thinking through activities and resources, thinking through money, you know, how that flows through their business ideas, thinking through all of those questions. Um, and then that third piece is really giving them the opportunity and the space to practice creating a business. This is breaking them into teams, having them you know, work on ideas that they bring to the table. Some of them don't have ideas, but they know they want to work on this. And so you know, we give them ideas to work with. And those are essentially the three, the three goals and the three facets of the of the training camp. Okay. Yeah, I'm intrigued about the entrepreneurial mindset as well and what kind of encompasses that because I do think that athletes are in a lot of ways built for being entrepreneurs just in like what drives them. So, can you give us a little bit more details on what encompasses that entrepreneurial mindset and maybe also get into what you see athletes kind of lack in, in that particular skill set? Yeah, I'm glad you're intrigued by it because I'm intrigued by it. (laughs) So I think first you have to buy into the belief, right? That entrepreneurship isn't just about starting businesses. It's about developing the skills to be successful, to help you be successful. So once you kind of buy into that thought process, right? The entrepreneurial mindset is essentially a set of 12 skills, right? So if you check out my LinkedIn, I've posted videos on all of these. They go in depth of what they are, but the first one, the kind of the foundation is creativity, right? It's that thinking differently. It's thinking outside of the box. The next one is emotional intelligence. I always say you can be the most creative person in the world. You can have the best business idea in the world, but if you're lacking emotional intelligence, you are not going to connect with your consumers. You're not going to connect with the people that you need to. And I think it, it goes without saying these skills are these skills are all important in business, but each of these skills is also really important in our personal lives, like making us good humans. So that's a side note. But um, so creativity, emotional intelligence, proactiveness, risk, knowing how to take risks, knowing how to mitigate risks, knowing that it's okay to fail. I think a lot of times people students especially aren't given the opportunity to learn that it's okay to fail, right? They need to learn to fail forward. And so that's part of this risk. Um, Locus of control is that belief that regardless of your circumstances, that you can do what you set out to do. The belief that you you can do it regardless of what circumstances you find yourself in. Problem solving, value creation. You know, how do we really go and create value? How do we create value in business? But then how do we create value when a student is going into a job interview? How are you creating value for that company? Marshalling resources. This one is about taking stock of what's at your disposal, the resources you have. We all have sets of resources at our disposal. And how do you use them? How do you effectively leverage those resources to get you where you want to go? Incorporating criticism is the next skill. This one, if I can be totally frank, this one sucks sometimes. Incorporating criticism, both giving and taking. As humans, when you know going through life, we're not taught how to how to take criticism. We're not taught how to give criticism. And so, I mean, I've seen seasoned professionals just don't do well with this one. And let alone, you know, a college student, right? Who still has a lot in front of them that they still might need to learn. So incorporating criticism is um it's a really important one. Another skill is resilience. So this one's actually kind of terrifying. A recent study where there's actually a couple of recent studies that have shown that there's a decline in resilience in college students. And I can't fathom a future where humans don't know how to be resilient. 
Like I think of my son and the world that he's going to grow up in if we don't do something about this trend. And so resilience is a really important piece to this puzzle. And it's one that I hope I hope educators around the globe are standing up and paying attention to because this one is really important. The other skills that, that kind of round out the mindset are networking, right? We're the most connected generation of all time. How are we using our networks effectively to help us and in turn for us to help our networks, right? How are we effectively um, utilizing that space? And the last one, storytelling. How do we tell compelling stories and then leverage where we've been to get us where we want to go. What do those stories look like? I think of, again, students going into job interviews and creating brands for themselves. And what do those stories look like that we're telling? That's essentially the 12, 12 skills of the no, mindset. No, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And obviously, like we've we've said, like not everyone's good at each one, but they all are going to make you better and more successful in life. And I even had the thought, like when you look for jobs on LinkedIn or when you see jobs on LinkedIn, a lot of, a lot of times in the description, they'll say like, entrepreneurial mindset. Like we're looking for someone with an entrepreneurial mindset. And it's really all those components that you just described of like kind of what they're looking for. And like you said, like the job isn't calling for someone to like start their own business. It's just, they want that person that has that hustle and has that resilience that they're something bad happens. They're not just going to sit there and sulk around or as David Goggins would say, uh, all poopy pants and stuff. They're going to get out there and, you know, try to fix it. One thing you mentioned was um, not being afraid to take a risk. I worked at Rutgers football as a student manager for three years and then one year as like an employee. And it's interesting to see like these elite level athletes who are fully capable just get into this rut where like you could tell they're just afraid to make a mistake. Like they have all the abilities. It's just like what's in their head. They just like can't go up to get that ball or, you know, they're, they're too hesitant. Was there any one of those skills that you listed off that, you know, athletes in this past training camp seemed like they needed the most help with uh, growing or that seed needed to be watered a little bit more? <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good question. I mean, they they came in from all different levels. And so I think different skills, you know, resonated with them and, you know, maybe they needed to work in different spaces. But the one skill that I see across the board, whether it be the training camp with, you know, the general student population with seasoned veterans in their fields, like, the one skill that everybody's like, I'm not good at is creativity, which boggles my mind because we are literally problem solving creative machines. Like it's, it's how we're wired as humans. And I think sometimes people define creativity as maybe the arts or knowing how to play music or knowing how to write or, but really creativity is knowing how to think different and solve a problem. And we're all capable of that. So that's probably the one that stands out that I get the most pushback from where people say, I'm not that. But once they realize kind of what it is, they realize they probably are more that than any of the other ones in some cases. So. Okay. No, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I'm thinking football, like you have to be creative in like how you approach a certain play and, you know, or a certain running back or wide receiver that you're covering or the person that you're facing each and every week is going to be different with a different set of skill sets. And you have to be creative in how you kind of approach to combat their skills. So how did you kind of ignite creativity? in this training camp. I'm just thinking when you're talking about the ve the venture creation process, is that like writing up a business plan or like, is there brainstorming sessions? Like how did you guys kind of structure it to spark those creative juices that for some of the athletes, they didn't think were even there? Sure. One of the tools that we use is the business model canvas. And 
as students start taking their ideas and mapping it out on this business model canvas, they're able to, strengths and weaknesses will come up. They're able to creatively think through these problems. I think being in teams helps infuse some of that creativity. Um, People on your team, you know, we all come to the table and we all bring different skills. And so, you know, people on your team bring different ideas and different thoughts and, you know, they come from different places than you come from. And so I think some of the magic happened in the group. Some of the magic happened as they started mapping out their ideas. And so it just, it keeps building from there, but it was, it was pretty cool to watch the process unfold. I'm curious, was there any like particular industries or segments or businesses that seemed to be like the athletes were like resonating towards or were there, I'm, I don't want to go into specifics because in case like an athlete like has an idea that they're trying to actually like pursue, I'm not trying to ha- have someone listening to this, like steal their idea, but in general terms, like do they stick with like a sports performance business or like, I don't know, like is it's things that are already in their wheelhouse or do they kind of think of things that are maybe not in their wheelhouse, but something they're interested in? No, it was literally across the board. We had, I mean, things from, you know, the medical field to obviously there were some, you know, in the sports industry, some in, you know, general lifestyle ideas. It was cool. It was really diverse. And so I think it was inspiring to watch them, you know, come up with different ideas and to really start mapping these things out. And I think regardless of if any of them take or not, regardless of if any of them become a thing or not, I think they were able to go through a really cool exercise that they're going to be able to take on to, you know, their careers and their jobs. And, you know, later in life, if, you know, some of them do go into the league or whatever, you know, use afterwards, like this was an actual experience that, that gave them a high impact of experience to, you know, take from it. Did the coaches seem like supportive of this like initiative? hundred percent. The coaches are, they were the reason why this happened. I mean, essentially they're, they saw the value in what we're doing and they're the reason why this entrepreneurship training camp, I think was able to take off. I mean, the time that, you know, our student athletes, um, all over the nation have put on them, the, you know, between classes and practices and games, and they are pulled in a lot of different directions. And so the fact that our athletic department saw the value in this and, you know, saw it as something that was highly recommended to their team was really, really great. Is the business model canvas like a proprietary like Michigan State University thing or is that something that like athletes or anyone listening to this could like find online as kind oh of Oh my like gosh, no, go google thing. it. Google, uh, business model canvas. You'll come up with a million different different ones. Go google them and take advantage of them for sure. All right, cool. And then just to kind of brainstorm some some things you're thinking of or problems that come across in your day and try to see how you can uh Yeah. Start applying your problems to them. The more, uh, I think the more business we can get going in this country, the better. That's wonderful. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. I'll have to do the same. So, uh, (laughs) so what skills do you hope that these athletes acquire, you know, during the training camp? And we talked about this before, like how do these translate back into their life? What kind of skills can these athletes learn from this process that would help them in, in these areas that just be like a better human? Sure. In a perfect world, all of them. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I think as adults, we sometimes go through our whole careers and might never really become masterful at every skill. So here's what I know. I know that successful entrepreneurs and really great humans have these skills in common. And so when we dive into the minds of an athlete, these skills, they reappear. 
And so I've worked with enough students over the years and studied this work enough to know that students who are honing and mastering any of these skills now, while they're still in college, enter post-college life set far apart from their peers. And so they end up being more marketable. They're more prepared to deal with change and meet adversity head on. Here's the thing I know about being human is that we don't know what our tomorrow is. We don't have a time machine and it would be really nice, but we can't see into the future over in the in the future and oftentimes we don't get do-overs, right? And so to this I just ask the question that isn't it worth it to master the skills that are going to put you in the best position to succeed. And I truly believe it's these skills. So, you know, you go back to the question and say that honing these skills makes makes it pretty likely that you're going to have a better shot at success. How did you get the athletes to think differently during this process? Like, what did you do to kind of like uh, provoke them to do that? I think it's showing them, talking to them about the skills. A lot of times people don't realize that there is a skill set that could lead to success for them. And so giving them exposure to what these skills are and then giving them exposure to that business model, the business model canvas and, you know, explaining it to them, explaining what that means and what that looks like. And our director of academic programs, the Burgess Institute, he's, you know, he runs them through the business model canvas and he's incredible at it. So I think giving students both sides of that coin really helps learning to happen and really helps these high impact experiences to take place. And then how do you encourage the athletes to establish, you know, stronger connections or utilize those connections that they have that they're thinking here and now they're not thinking five years down the road, this person, you know, might be a resource to them. I think the athletics department does a great job at that. We've maybe planted the seed through this program, but the athletic department has really um, set up good support systems for them to encourage that kind of relationship building. And I know through my research of the the Burgess Institute, I know there's been a lot of student athletes that have kind of come through that program and have gone on to create some businesses that are in existence today. So how did you leave it with the athletes about taking action? You know, if this is something that they wanted to pursue or a different endeavor, like how do you encourage them to do that and not be afraid and to be resilient and stuff like that? I think over the course of six weeks, you kind of, you build relationships with people. And so I think, you know, they were able to, to see that we're, you know, we're the real deal. We, at the end of the day, we care about their success. And so whatever that looks like for them, some of them, it might be, you know, enrolling in the minor, if they have, you know, on the academic side of things and the venture creation side of things, it might be getting involved with our programming to build their businesses. And so I think just by getting to know them, Um, If you go back to the emotional intelligence piece, right, what is it, 80% of the time people go back to businesses they like, right? And so for some of them, they bought into what we were doing. They saw the value in it. They appreciated it. They wanted to get involved with it. And so in the future, that's maybe a path for them. And then this is one that comes up a lot is like pivoting powerfully. Like we said, like you don't know how much time you have on this earth. You don't know, you can't control anything in this world for the most part, other than like how you show up every day. But during this training camp, how did you guys approach teaching them the importance of pivoting powerfully or how that even looks? I think it's different from every student. I know we didn't get just because of the time constraints, we only got 45 minutes with them. So we didn't get to get super deep into some of the skills, but in like in my, uh, in my class, we go deep on the skills. And, you know, when we talk about pivoting powerfully, it doesn't always, A, it's not always pretty. <laughs> and B, it doesn't always look the same for everyone. What pivoting powerfully is for one person in one situation is 
quite different than another person in another situation. And so you just try to give them the skills that support that, right? Um, That's, you know, good support systems. It's knowing how to navigate hard situations. It's knowing how to ask hard questions. Um, And more importantly, it's knowing how to act um, in the face of, of hard things. And so it's giving them enough tools and then just knowing that, helping them to know that when these things do come up, because they will reach out and ask your, you know, your safety net of humans around you to help you, to help you navigate. And sometimes it's family and friends and sometimes it's, you know, advisors or, you know, people, people you meet on campus. So it's giving them the tools a lot of times. And then what are your recommendations to them about like building a personal brand and really marketing themselves uh, while they're a student athlete? I know a lot of the athletes that come on this podcast say like, it's much easier to build that brand while you still are that student athlete at XYZ University or for whatever team, as opposed to like the former player or the former retired athlete, you know, you get more opportunities when you're, when you're still playing. So how how do you, do you guys speak on that or in general or? In my, um, so I have a, I hate calling it a lecture, I guess a talk, right. On uh, networking and storytelling. And in that I talk about building their brand. And I think it's important for not only every student athlete, but every student to know what, who their brand is. I think as humans, we need to know who our brand is. I mean, whether we like it or not, we are already branded on social media. It's what we put out on social media that becomes our brand. And people, you, a lot of times, if you know, if you don't take initiative to establish your brand, your brand is going to be established for you. And so it's knowing how you want to be seen in the world and knowing that oftentimes how you want to be seen in the world and how the world sees you sometimes are the same and sometimes it's different. But that branding piece, I think, is really important as we think of, you know, who we are in this world and who we become and where we want to go. And you're right, it is much, much easier to establish that brand as a student or as a student athlete than it is as a former. And so it's something that we should think about. It's something that we should, I think, um, pay attention to as educators. And I think it's important. Yeah, I talked to uh, like a sports management group or a club at University of Connecticut via Zoom like a couple weeks ago. And that's pretty much what I told them. I'm like, use that student card while you can because it goes quick and then you just become the creepy old guy that are reaching out to people on LinkedIn. <laughs> like you need to have something like to back you up a little bit. But the student card is always an easy one that people, you know, at least hear you out. So I, I know in the past you've mentored student athletes and trying to kind of figure out like maybe what their major selection is or something like that. And I'm curious, like what questions, say a parent's listening to this, you know, what questions should a parent or coach or even an athlete themselves be asking them to kind of just get a better idea of what path they want to go down in terms of major selection or career or business I want to start? How do you start that kind of conversation? Yeah, I think with all students, this isn't, there's not one question or one set of questions, right? Every student is so different. And I usually begin with the foundational, all encompassing, you know, tell me about yourself, right? And I think it's what the students say, you know, that you you pay attention to. But I think what I've learned is that what is not being said sometimes speaks more that speaks, you know, can tell you more volume. And so actively listening, be authentic, be real. And so I think all of those things put together can really help them to to trust you. I think that's the first piece of it is that they need to trust that what you're about is someone who wants to help them. I think that's with any student and that's with any person. And so once you've established 
you know, once you've established that, you can, you know, talk about things that they like, things that they didn't like. One thing I encourage every student to do is get experiences, like go out and do something, go job shadow someone, go get internships, go volunteer, go get unpaid internships, you know, do whatever you have to do to get those experiences because it's going to point you to your true north. It's going to help you figure out where you really want to go. So I think all of that, you know, combined together, sometimes it's in the course of a conversation, sometimes it spans a few years, right? And so I think all of that together um, can really be good at, at helping students um, navigate the path because it's it's not always an easy one and it's not always a straight one. Yeah, I think a lot of times, like if, if the path looks hard, I think I know when I was in the student age, I would usually stray away from it. But I regret it to some degree. Like I wish that I had kind of dug in and been like, oh, like the voice in your head saying that you can't do it. Have the other voice saying, no, like I'm going to do it, man, and go for it. Because me personally, I did all my undergrad through sports management. I kind of lived in that world and I never really gave myself an opportunity to grow because I didn't challenge myself in in different ways. And I think I just I hope that athletes listening to this see a path that might intrigue them. If it's hard, whatever. You'll get through it or you'll pivot if, you know, if it uh, doesn't seem to be working out. That's very good. And I also think one thing that sometimes students get stuck in the rut of thinking is that this major I'm picking at 18, 19, 20, whatever the age, you know, whatever age they are, this major that I'm picking right now is going to like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. And your major like does not equal your career. Like your major doesn't even begin to equal your career. And so I think that's a really important thing that students don't get told often enough is that just because you majored in this thing, it doesn't mean it's what you're going to be doing three, five, 10, 20 years down the road. And so that's something important too that I think our students need to hear. It takes a little, a little bit of the pressure out of the pressure cooker that they can sometimes be facing. Yeah. And that, that also got me thinking about kind of like the athlete identity. And I do this to this day, just like I'm thinking like your major doesn't define who you are. And just like how your job doesn't define who you are, just like how the sport you play doesn't define who you are. But it's so hard to get away from that. Like to this day, like I still define myself as the job I do. I try not to, but I see myself like creeping into that world. Like how do we identify as an entrepreneur? And I almost feel like because entrepreneurship is like so all-encompassing, you're not like pigeonholing yourself into this like, I'm the brand manager, like I'm a marketing person. You're kind of like ready for anything kind of deal. Do you think that kind of going down entrepreneurial path for athletes would be beneficial in that kind of identity kind of creation? I think so. I think it helps to it helps them to think of themselves as not just an athlete. Like at the end of the day, none of us are just X. None of us are just what, like none of us are just what we do. Right. And so I think it'd be like me saying a college student is just a student. Like that's so unfair to say and so inaccurate. Like, so absolutely. I think having an entrepreneurial mindset, having this like wider focus is, I think it is important. Like you're not just your job. Like that's, that way of thinking is my jam anyways, <laughs> because I think way too often in this world, we get stuck into thinking that we are just what we do and we are so much more. And so that's my own tangent. But yeah, I think it's absolutely valuable. It's important. Yeah. Like I almost think of it as like when you go in, I mean, we're talking football. So like 
you go into Michigan State as an athlete as opposed to like a quarterback or an offensive lineman or a defensive back. Like you're pigeonholed into this thing. If you think about yourself as like an entrepreneur, it's almost like you're going into a team as an athlete. Like you can kind of do it all, you know, and like you're not stuck into this one position. You can go over here, you can go over there. And if anything, I feel like it should be empowering to identify as an entrepreneur because you could take that entrepreneurial mindset into a corporate job that and work your way up the ladder if that's what you want to do and that's what you're good at. Or you could start a business. It doesn't pigeonhole you. It's like pigeonholing yourself into something that can let you go anywhere almost. Um, I think that's what I like about it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a fine line, right? You have to have goals. You have to have a direction. You have to kind of know, okay, where you want to go and what you want to do. But at the end of the day, I mean, the nice thing about what we've created at Michigan State is that in our, you know, in our minor, you know, say we have students from accounting to zoology. And that's not just a like a fun way to say it. Like we literally have students in almost all of our majors. And so they're all entrepreneurs. They can be a zoology major and an entrepreneur. They can be a music major and an entrepreneur. And so I think it's it's a really powerful way of looking at things. And I think you know, just because my focus is how do we market ourselves? How do we, you know, I think as we think about that, it becomes even more important. You know, you're not just this one thing. And I tell students all the time, what's going to set you apart, right? You're going to go into a job interview and there's going to be 50 applicants. You're all going to be whatever major, right? Say just business major and pick on business, but you're all business majors. You have stellar GPAs. What's going to set you apart? Oh, the fact that you can think like an entrepreneur, the fact that you can think about money and you can think about management and you can think about marketing and you can think about how you reach your customer and, you know, what that looks like, you know, you can think about all of these things. And so that it makes them more marketable. I think it's really important. I liked how you said like zoology major and an entrepreneur, because it got me thinking, I think LeBron James has like this initiative, like athlete and like dot, dot, dot. And you kind of like fill in the blank. So like you're encouraging you to like not just be an athlete, but it got me th- it got me thinking like it kind of fits like that entrepreneur is like I don't know it could be anything anyone could do it if they put the work in obviously absolutely um, <laughs> no but uh, Desiree this was a, a great conversation and I just I could just tell by listening to you that and knowing a little bit about you that I do that you are an extremely tough person. I just want to know what your definition of toughness is. And I ask almost all my guests this. It could be anything on this sun. There is absolutely no wrong answer. But toughness is something that while you're thinking, I'll tell you, toughness is something that I, the definition of I struggled with growing up. I always thought it was the big muscles, play injured, like the macho type definition of toughness. And that definition led me down some paths that weren't the healthiest for me. So I try to ask my guests like how maybe that definition has evolved for them over time. That's a great question. And I think younger me would more naive me probably would have said that toughness is just like pushing through. It is like at all costs, this relentless, ferocious ability to just push through at, you know, no matter the circumstances. I think a little bit older me, toughness is grace. I think toughness is being able to have grace in every situation and to be humble in every situation. I think it's grace for yourself, grace for others. So yeah, toughness to me is is someone who has the ability to have grace in every circumstance. Younger me is also rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny to say like when we're older. I try to like infuse this into other people just to prevent the same suffering mentally that I went through. But it's like, ah, I got to hope some, at least one person listens and try to just like change it up their mindset. But um, <laughs> no, I thought that was a great definition. And it really, it's like doing the hard thing, having grace in every situation. Absolutely. Is a hard thing. That's the hardest and, thing you can do sometimes. Let me yeah, tell you. Exactly. But thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate your time and, and talking about your the awesome program that you put together. You should be very proud. And I hope that other schools can kind of follow suit and empower other athletes to to be athletes and entrepreneurs. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much.